Thank you for downloading this episode of the Mac Report Podcast. This episode is brought to you by our subscribers over at themacreport.com. Their support allows us to bring you our coverage of Merrimack Athletics. If you are a subscriber, I thank you. And if you're interested in becoming a subscriber and gaining access to all of our coverage, head on over to themacreport.com today and sign up. If you don't want to subscribe but still want to support us, please rate and review our podcast over on Apple Podcasts. Once again, thank you to our subscribers for making our coverage possible. And now, on to this week's episode. the second time we recorded the opening because I just said a second ago that I didn't know how to set up the mics because we haven't done this in person. And then I set up the mics and I set them up the wrong way. So you weren't recording. So we're back to normal. We're in the office again. We haven't been here for a while. Uh, but is this the first time it's, does it start to feel like a little bit of a normal year? I think it, uh, you know, for our players, for our students, it definitely feels like a normal year. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, none of us can say much good about COVID, but the one thing it has given you is appreciation of the normalcy. Uh, that we're going through this year, both on campus and the way we're going about our lives, and as well as in the rink and in the athletic department and the locker room, and um, it's been a lot of fun. Ironically, things that you didn't take as fun two years ago now are fun, so that's a good thing, and, and I feel good about our players' experience to date. What have you been able to do uh, on the ice so far? I mean, I know the rules changed recently, right? So you're able to get on the ice a little bit sooner. I know there was always like a time limit before. There was like a certain amount of hours per week, but are you able to get on the ice more with, with the guys now at this point in the year? Actually, uh, you have an eight-hour block. We're in the eight-hour block of our season, um, and that and four hours of those are devoted to strength and four hours on ice. You are limited to only four hours on ice at this point in time, um, and that's what we're doing. And I think it's been um, – Pretty successful. I do like the way it paces your season. There's no, to, from my side of it, there's no real reason to be in full swing right now. Uh, when we're going to be doing this until March, uh, you know, hopefully the middle of the end of March. Um, so we're taking the pace of the season, um, easing into it, giving our guys probably more time off than I have in the past, just because I think, you know, we got an older team and uh, our guys, I think, you know, appreciate the time on the ice, but, you know, I'm not one of those people who wants to practice just to practice. Got a lot of new faces, but before we talk about some of the new faces, I wanted to talk about some of the guys that are that are back and, and probably stepping into a leadership role. Uh, I know Jordan Seifert's back. I mean, a lot of guys are back from a team that had a lot of success last year. Benny Brar, Alex Jeffries, a lot of guys. Um, what have you seen out of that returning group, and, and who's kind of emerged as, as some of the leaders? And I know some of the new guys may end up emerging as some leaders too, because they've, they've all a lot of the transfers transfers have all worn letters. But of the returning guys, who have been the guys so far that have kind of stepped up and, and taken on that leadership role? Well, you know, I, I think uh, the great thing about our senior class, which is the guys who have been here, Seif, uh, Jordan Seifert, Mick Mesner, Mac Welsher, uh, Philip Forsmark, Hugo Esselin, Benny Brar. You know, all of those guys, uh, those are the forwards in that group, but all of those guys have played uh, roles for us. They all were here last year, obviously, when, when we kind of turn a corner, I hope. Um, and I think they're excited for this year. And it's been almost more important this year to have that uh, leadership group kind of around our team because we have so many new faces. And some of those new faces are obviously graduate seniors. So 
Um, no, I, th I feel like those, all of those seniors have done a really good job. Big difference for Alex Jeffries going from a sophomore to a junior. Um, you know, we have some other older guys or sophomore to junior guys who have gotten a bigger role. So um, it, it's been really good. I, I can't say that one or two guys have emerged. I just think the group has done a really good job. Is that, that's, is that the biggest jump the year, the sophomore to junior year? I mean, traditionally it seems like it is, but is that always one you look at like, okay, this is the year where, where somebody could take a big jump? If someone has the freshman year that Alex had, which was a really good contributing year, you know, I think he, had, he certainly had over 20 points. Uh, I do believe the junior year is when you see the jump. You know, if someone comes in as a freshman, doesn't play a lot, or has kind of a grinding experience, uh, even if they play half the games, I think you see that jump between freshman and sophomore year. Uh, but now it's, you know, with Alex, I would expect him to make a jump. And then you look at uh, Adam Arvidsson and Ivan Ziflak, who both played for us last year, but they didn't play a lot. Mm. I would expect their jump to happen this year. Uh, let's talk about some of the, the newer faces, because there's, there's a few between transfers and, and freshmen. Uh, before we get into them specifically, though, there was one thing that I was thinking about today when I was driving up here. You guys had a lot of success in the portal last year. Obviously, Durflinger, Newton, and, and Jandrick all came in, played big roles right away, and scored a lot of points and were big parts of that team. When you have openings that come up, whether it's guys signing NHL contracts like two defensemen did, and, and you have openings that you have to fill in the spring, do you think going into the portal and committing the guys that you did, because a lot of the guys that you committed, I think most of them had multiple offers and had multiple opportunities to go to different places. Having transfers come in here the previous year and have success and play big roles, do you think that helped land some of those guys? Because – there's one thing to be stepping in the unknown of like, well, how am I going to be used? And here's a situation where you can, you got some pretty recent, you know, ex uh, examples of, of transfers coming in and, and playing big roles right away. Yeah. I, I think that's, um, that's something that we've talked a lot about. That's going to be really important. Everybody's in the transfer portal, whether they've taken someone or not, they're looking at it, deciding, have to make decisions on guys. And there were teams in our league who took transfers who didn't even play at the end of the year last year. Yeah. Several teams in our league had that happen. And, to me, that is certainly something from a recruiting standpoint that should be helpful to us because um, our guys did have a lot of success. I think our grad transfers this year are going to have a lot of success. Um, but it was certainly something I think that we brought up to each of the guys that were coming in, you know, Max's situation, you know, Steve's situation, as well as uh, Durf's. And, you know, these guys came in as grad transfers. They were told they were going to play big roles, and they played big roles. I don't think anyone recruits a grad transfer without probably telling them they're going to play, play a big role. For those schools that had guys not play, yeah. you know, they, they, they had to do some stick handling there. But we were fortunate enough not to have to, and I think that helped us get this group of guys, and hopefully their success will lead to future success in the portal. Uh, let's talk about some of the new guys. Uh, I'm going to go position by position and kind of mix in freshmen and transfers together. But let's start with the goaltenders. And uh, you had a goaltender that transferred, Troy Coburn transferred to AIC. They left an opening there uh, with Hugo Olas and Zach Borgiel on the roster. And uh, Steve Bukowski comes in as a, as a freshman. Uh, what have you seen from him? What do you kind of expect his role to be this year? Well, first of all, Steve's a, a tremendous teammate. Uh, one of his biggest roles is he's, he's also uh, one of our freshmen's roommate who speaks um, – predominantly Russian and so oh, no way. Uh, oh, Steve, Steve has had to, <laughs> to kind of steer things for Nikita but uh, but a really good guy uh, someone who really wanted to be part of a, a division one program he's aggressive about his education which I love um, and he's a really good teammate and so you know he's a talented goalie he's a good size he was here all summer 
Um, but the, the thing that I like most about him is he recognizes we're in a situation, which is why Troy transferred, where we have two very good goalies ahead of him. Um, it makes no sense in, at this point in time to add a third guy to that mix. So the third guy you have has to be kind of a support role player. And Steven has bought into that hook and ladder, and I think he's done a great job with it. He's been a very popular teammate. I see that, that opportunity just growing for him just because of who he is. Uh, let's talk about some of the forwards then. You talked about Nikita. He's a guy that I know I think was originally even going to come in next year, comes in a year early. Had a really good second. I mean, had a really good year all year last year for Dubuque, but had a really good second half, if I remember. Scored a lot of goals the second right. half of the year. Uh, what do you see from him, and, and what might his role be here as a freshman? Well, first and foremost, uh, Nikita coming here, putting himself in this situation, when he was recruited uh, and committed, he did not speak any English. And we have, fortunately, we had one player on our team who did speak Russian and Kevin Sadovsky. And so when he visited, he stayed with Kevin. Kevin was even able to show uh, him everything and communicate to him in his own language. And I think that's why he committed to us, frankly. Um, and the original plan was for him to play two years in Dubuque. Uh, I was lucky. He played for Greg Brown, who's a friend of mine, but also a really someone you could trust where he thinks he is as a player. Uh, and Greg certainly thought that recruiting him was intelligent, but expecting anything from him this year would not be. Uh, but seeing him in the second half, he made a huge turn in his game, and he's competing very well here. And I know when the season ended, Greg thought he could benefit from another year, but that he may not need the other year from a hockey perspective. And my concern was his English. He took English courses all last year. He can now communicate and understand in English a little bit. Um, and now he's, you know, he's working through going to school in English. Yeah. Um, but he's very hungry, and, and I just admire what he's doing so much because it's so challenging. And yet he wanted to be here this year, um, and he's doing a great job. And, and he is another guy who's a really good teammate, just hasn't been able to express himself in that way too much yet, but he's getting there. And we actually have another guy on our team who speaks Russian now too. So uh, we have three Russian-speaking guys in the room, which is interesting but really good for Nikita. That That's interesting. I can't remember the last – time there was a Russian player even on the roster I think there was one back maybe 20 years ago Alex Sikachev is the one I can remember he was like early 2000s but he might be the last one wow. uh, did wow. you were you guys did you had had you seen him play when he was playing junior in Russia or was it not until he got to the, the USHL no it was not until he got to the USHL uh and Dubuque as you know is a great organization yeah. and uh Callie's a friend of all of ours the general manager there and he does a really good job uh getting international players uh, he had mentioned Nikita to us, but uh, it wasn't until the Fall Classic, actually, we saw Nikita for the first time. That's crazy. Uh, another freshman that's come in is Tyler Young. He committed last year, I think, as well. Um, what do you see from him? I know from from what I've been told about him, a real hard-nosed guy who can get to the net and, and score some goals, and it seems like he did that in the in the North American League last year. You know, it's funny. I, 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 uh, I, had, I had a camp when, I, when Tyler was younger that Tyler was in for a couple of years, uh, and I ended up being one of the coaches that committed him to Providence College. And when that fell apart on him and, and um, he was available again, he's a world-class guy. Like, his dad's just a great guy. And I don't know the mom, but uh, the dad's just a great hockey guy. Um, Tyler's the exact same way. He's, that rock room was where he grew up. Uh, when I knew him when he was younger, he was really undersized. Now he's probably 6'1 plus. Yeah. And uh, he's really physical. I think that he's surprised. I don't know if he surprised himself, but um, he certainly has, has progressed quicker than I thought he would. Um, he does 
most things, I don't want to say everything because no player does that, but does most things the right way. He plays the game hard. He plays the game heavy. He can rip a puck. Uh, he'll play at the net front like he owns it. Um, you know, Tyler's going to push the lineup around a little bit this year for sure. I think he's going to be hugely successful as the future progresses. Uh, and then you, the couple of grad transfers, well, not more than a couple, four grad transfers up front. Um, all of, well, a few of them we actually saw last year. You played Ryan Liebold uh, when when you played against Holy Cross in on November, and then saw Tristan Crozier when you played against Brown uh, January first. So let's start with them. Uh, Ryan, I think, was the first one that committed. I think I actually, yeah, it was I think it was he was the first grad transfer. I think um, obviously he must have made an impression in that that Holy Cross game from from Thanksgiving. What do you see out of him? I know. Their staff, I talked to a couple of their Holy Cross coaches not long after he committed here, and they were really happy for him and, and all spoke very highly of him as not only a player but also a person and as, as what he brought to their locker room as well as what he brought to their lineup. Well, the first thing that attracted us to, to him was, you know, he was wearing the C, and that's, um, you know, I don't care who you're the cat, what team you're the captain of in college, but if you're, if you're at the point where you're wearing the C for your team, there's something to you as a person that, that's attractive, and you like to recruit that for your program. Uh, he's also a very hard player. You know, he plays really hard in the puck, um, very honest. Uh, you know what you're going to get every night. I think you can play against anybody because he'll just play hard, and he'll play harder than the guy across from him. Um, and so I really, you know, I felt like, you know, when we played Holy Cross, that was Holy Cross's team. They were hardworking, physical, no give give up in their game. Um, second chances abounded for them. They, they worked hard for them. Uh, you know, I thought that was their team, but I thought he was the one guy that had enough skill on their team to really help us. Um, and as a senior, uh, they don't have grad school, so yeah. his coach was good enough to put him in the portal early. So he had some options to look at, and uh, we were fortunate enough to recruit him. Uh, Dan uh, Jewell, one of the guy, other guys we work with, he had a relationship with the brother because the brother went to RPI where Dan was before. Oh, okay. So that ha- that got us into the living room a little bit quicker, maybe than some other guys. Um, but. Ryan's done really well here, and, and, and he's um, adjusting well to the pace, uh, very honest about where he's come from and you know, how he's gotten here, but um, I really like his game because he plays it the right way. Uh, Crozier is another guy we saw when he played Brown last year. He was a he centered, I think he centered their top line. Um, I, he's a guy that I feel like, you know, surrounded with some better players is going to have more points. I mean, the numbers don't really jump off the page, but I don't know how much of that's on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not, no, I'm not trying to you know disparage anybody that he played with, but still, like I think when you're when you play with better players, it's gonna because he seemed like more of a playmaker in, in the times that I have seen him, and I think with you know with certain guys, he could have the, the type of year that I think surprises some people. You know, when we watched uh, Tristan, I you know I, I don't know if you know that I recruited his brother to Providence. Oh no! So I had a family relationship with him, and Josh recruited Tristan to Brown. Oh, so yeah. we had a real relationship with yeah. his family. And the dad played at Cornell. Max is a captain at, at Providence. Uh, and, and Tristan was a captain last year, obviously, at Brown. But when I watch Tristan, I see a lot of Max Newton in him, except he's a better skater. Uh, very cerebral player, very honest on both sides of the puck. Not at the faceoff dot like Max. Max was, yeah. Max was yeah. elite there. But every other part of his game screams of uh, Max Newton, and uh, except he's a better skater, and he's bigger. So I think... I'm really excited about his future. Uh, I think he will be surprised by his success this year. He's a very humble kid. Um, he loved Brown. He loved the experience. Um, but I think being in more of a hockey environment that he's in here, I think his game could take another step. 
I think he's still young in his development. So I'm, I have high hopes for him. I think he's uh, he also wore the C at Brown, as we yeah. said. And, you know, there's another guy with a C on his sweater that, you know, that was a pretty important thing. Um, so I, I think that he's in a really good place, and I agree with you 100%. Playing with better players, I would expect him to be more productive. Hopefully that leads to him having opportunities after. Uh, another guy, well, I think all of them, all the four transfers, I think, had letters on their shirts last year. But uh, Otto Lepinen from RPI, I think he had 30 points uh, last year for that RPI team and, and really kind of had a breakout year. Um, what do you see from him? Where do you think his role may be? I mean, it, it sounds like most of these these grad transfers are going to have opportunities to be in the lineup just by the fact that they have you know a lot of experience. Yeah, no question. And Otto Ville is a, uh, you know, I, I've only coached a couple of Finns in my life, um, but they all have one similar trait, and that is just, hard they play the game hard you know if, even if you watch the national teams you can yeah. see that you know and they have a lot of success um he is has skill to be successful but his skill is in his heart you know i just love the way he plays good stick um developed a little bit of chemistry with philip forsmark uh over the first couple of weeks here and philip is a very similar player as you know um gets around the ice a little bit better possibly than philip but um can finish and we'll get to the net, uh, and he will uh, make an impact on our team this year. And he's a real big personality, but not one that tries to overwhelm you, just a guy that guys like to be around. Uh, and the last grad transfer up front is Will Calvary, who I think was the last one to commit. I know he was uh, he was one of the ones that I think had quite a few people interested. I think it may even taken him some time to make that decision because he had so many teams interested. But uh, I built, was he a captain or an assistant captain at RIT last year? He was a captain. captain. So captain – I think he was one of the leading scorers, maybe led the team in scoring, had a lot of 15 goals. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, a guy that, another one, seems like he can come in and, and make an impact. It's funny, Will um, is bigger than I thought uh, from watching him on film. He has a really good, deep knee bend in when he skates, so you, he looks a little undersized, but he's not. Um, kind of a brick wall when you hit him. But uh, he's a very skilled player, very smart player. Uh, he can really uh, move the puck. And, and so he could end up in the middle or on the wing. Um, he was a center last year at, at RIT. Played a big role in the Apollo play. Uh, he played in every situation. Yeah. So I, I expect him to be successful uh, given that. He's a very humble, uh, almost to a fault, young man. Um, and he's just kind of getting comfortable now. You know, one of the things you don't totally think of when you bring in these one-year guys is how are they going to fit in the room? And how quickly will they assert themselves in the room? And one of the reasons we recruited all four of those players you just mentioned was because of the letter on their sweater. We want them to assert themselves. And, you know, Will is such a humble guy that that's hard for him. Uh, I think once we start playing games, then we're going to see the real Will Calvary. Uh, but he's looked good to date, um, and I'm excited about what he can do here. And I, as he gets more and more comfortable, I think he'll be more and more successful. Uh, before we get to the defenseman, you had a couple of younger forwards last year that came in and uh, – they, I mean, they they have they played, but I mean, there are two guys that came in very young, and I think could really explode this year. Mark Hillier being one, Matt Capone being another. Uh, I think Hillier was nineteen, Capone was eighteen. So on the younger side, how have they looked? And and from a development standpoint, I mean, does does it look like they've taken that step that I know it was believed that they could have taken when they when they first came in here last year? Well, I, I think uh, Mark, both Mark and Matt took really difficult rides to Division One college hockey because of COVID. You know, Matt had, uh, we obviously, Alex Jeffries came here as a true freshman out of prep school, uh, but Maddie came 
after really not even having a true freshman year, I mean, true senior year at Dexter because they, they played very little games. He didn't play split season. Um, so his experience before he got here didn't really position him for success when he got here. Uh, but he played a lot of our games. He played in our last game of the year last year. Um, he's had a great summer strength-wise. He's really playing with more confidence right now. And uh, he's able to stay on pucks last year. He played very light just because he was light. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, he's a different player this year because of that. I, I, I think he could be one of the surprise players in the league. Uh, I don't think there's a most improved in our in hockey East, but it wouldn't shock me at all if we had that award, if he was a guy who won it just because he's going to come out of nowhere uh, for our offensive attack. And I think Mark Hillier is someone we recruited very hard when we got here. Um, again, he went to uh, Surrey during COVID. Surrey got shut down. He ended up in, at Summerside in the MJHL and the Maritimes. It was the only place you go play. Um, he wasn't challenged there, he, just like he wasn't challenged at St. Andrews his last year. Uh, so last year was his first challenge in hockey in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played a little bit, uh, did okay, but wasn't impactful. Uh, I think he could be impactful this year. He's bigger, stronger, first real summer of training for him. So I, I expect there to be a bit of a, a jump for him, and I'm hoping that he um, can take it to the next next level this year because if he can, uh, he could be very, very good. Yeah, the other one too is, is Devlin O'Brien who came in, uh, I think same thing, was 19 last year. So another guy that came in on, on the younger side that, I mean, that's going to take some time. Like you said, whether it's the – whether it's a strength component or just playing with older guys, there's a challenge there, and, and it's and it's going to take you a, a year to maybe get used to that that the, the weight of the game, the speed of the game, and another guy that could probably take a, a step. Devlin, it's interesting because Devlin um, last year started really well. It started probably the best of all the freshmen you just mentioned, and I uh, was playing. He's a 200 foot player. He's exceptionally honest. He's really good in the walls. Uh, very fits our rank really really well. Um, but he got COVID. He played. He got COVID wow. late October, and he, he just found out this summer really that he he you, know, you hear about the COVID fog and yeah. different things that he never felt right the rest of the season and tried to fight through it. And I think we didn't recognize it for what it was, um, and never got his game back to where it was at the beginning of the year. Had a great summer as well. Uh, he's excited. He feels fully healthy, um, and he's been an important player for us. He's. He's as honest a player as we have on the team, and and that's you know in practice guys love it when each other blocks shots. You know, Devlin blocks a lot of shots in practice, uh, which bodes well for the games. <laughs> um, before we get into the defense, <coughs> excuse me. Before we get into the defenseman, uh, I there was something I noticed that's kind of going through the roster yesterday, and it's not just it's not a Merrimack exclusive thing. It seems to be around the country. Uh, you guys are very heavy with left shot defensemen, not a lot of right shot defensemen. There's not a lot of right shot defensemen. It seems on most teams. Why do you think it's so hard to find right shot defensemen? I don't know what it is, but it seems like every team has issues finding right shot defensemen. Last year, I believe we had one right shot. Yeah, in the whole thing. I think team. Felton was the only one. Yeah, he was the only one. Yeah. And and the interesting thing was, uh, Declan Carlisle, who obviously signed with Tampa. Um, what a great development thing for him that he had to play on the offside for three years. So he played the offside almost exclusively, <laughs> um, and it really, you know, just for a defenseman pivoting over that off hip not as smooth. Uh, you do it enough, it becomes as smooth. Like I think it was a huge development thing for him in a real positive way, which is, was just by chance. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't know if you remember the Russian team back in the original World Cup. I think they had 20 left shots on their team. Every guy That's has crazy. a left shot. 
and I and you hear that every once in a while people talk about well the most skilled players are lefties or whatever. Yeah. Um, I know on our team that's you know we have some skilled lefties, but we also have some very skilled righties. Um, I don't know why that's the case, but if you're a right shot defenseman and you're developing, do what you can do to develop at the highest level because <laughs> yeah. you will get an opportunity. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, a couple of freshmen and then a transfer also on the defensive side. Uh, Trevor Greibel is the first one we'll talk about. He's a freshman coming in out of the USHL. Uh, again, you have some openings there. With Ewan's gone and Carlisle both going to the NHL, there's going to be some openings there on, on – on the back end, whether it's going to be filled by a by a freshman, a transfer, or somebody who's returning who might be looking for a bigger role, uh, what do you see as Trevor's role being here as a freshman? Well, certainly when, when we recruited Trevor, one of the reasons we didn't go harder into the transfer portal for defense, even though we lost three of our top three guys, yeah, uh, was simply because of you know Adam Arvidsson, Ivan Ziflak, but then our freshman recruiting class as well. We really like Trevor. Um, unfortunately. He had an injury late in his year last year. We had an operation uh, over the summer. Didn't get a full summer of training. Just got out of the red jersey on the, in, on the practice squad. Um, but he's a good player who's played for good teams. He was really good in Wenatchee, uh, and he's very good in Fargo, one of their captains last year. Um, the challenge is that, and this is the challenge I've put out to him, and it, Wenatchee, his first year, he was young, obviously, but he was, you know, he was good. He was pretty good. And then he needed another year, and then he really – took off his second year, started running power play and doing things like that. And the same thing happened in Fargo where he first year was pretty good and then second year he was he wasn't dominant but he was a major impact in the top three defensemen. You know, as I suggested to him in his recent meeting, we don't want to wait a year. You know, like get comfortable, get ready. You know, this is college. You only get four years of it. Mm-hmm. Don't waste one of them getting acclimated. Uh, attack it a little bit more. He's going to struggle because he didn't get the uh, strength train. But he has a very good brain. He skates well. He, his first pass is really good. Um, he should be successful for us, and I'm hoping it's sooner than later uh, because of the ice time we, we, we have to fill. Uh, Slava Demons, a transfer, comes in from UMass, also played at Denver. And he was an interesting one. When I found out that he had committed, he was a real interesting one because I think if you look back, when he committed to Denver, it may have been even when Jim Montgomery was there when he yeah. originally committed. Uh, but when he came in as a freshman, I think it was 2018 was his freshman year. Uh, there was people thought he was their best. He was their best recruit in their class, like not just the best defenseman, the best recruit. Period in that class. Uh, had a really good freshman year. It was an NHL pick. I think he's third or fourth round pick. Uh, and then it seemed like I think he got hurt and kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit, and then transferred to UMass and kind of got stuck behind some emerging you know freshmen yeah. like Scott Morrow, and, and they also had a lot of established guys and. But he's a guy that I think with with the opportunity and, and some minutes to fill here, there's going to be op- competition and opportunity for those spots. He seems to me like a guy who could could have his best year this year uh, just because of the type of player that he is and and having a chance to compete and, and have, have an opportunity here. You know, and Slava, he's the, by the way, he is the third guy on our team who speaks Russian. You know, yeah. uh, he, just so you know. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, and he's been great with Nikita, uh, just as an aside. But Slava is a very quiet personality. And I believe that, um, like I talked to Durf last year when, we, when he went to the portal. He told me he was the best defenseman as a freshman. Uh, yeah. If you look at the numbers, you see that. Yeah. I think the expectations of his game by other people, maybe even by himself, but certainly by others, was of an offensive defenseman. I think his actual future is much like Zach Ewan's 
is in a shutdown defenseman with a uh, complementary offense. Mm-hmm. And those two things got reversed in his maybe in his mind, maybe by the co- however that happened. Maybe just listened to the outside noise, and I think he lost his identity. Um, and then he arrived at UMass, and as you said, they were loaded on the back end, yeah. and they had a couple freshmen really emerge. Uh, and you know he was still looking for that identity, I believe. And I think they thought they were getting a different player than they got. Um, in our situation, partly because of Durf, but also. Um, just because of the holes we had, he's a great fit. He's a big, strong, very good skating defenseman. He should be able to eat minutes. Uh, he should be able to play against other teams' best players. He's a fifth-year guy. Um, I think he can add a lot to our defense defensively, uh, and I think if we can help him find that true identity that's going to allow his game to progress, he could make a real impact on us. Because there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of youth back there. I mean, even in the guys that return, there's a lot of guys who played as freshmen who are going to be sophomores. I mean, I think with the exception of him, Liam Dennison is the oldest guy on the back end. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of younger guys, a lot of sophomores. There's some freshmen, yeah. but also a lot of sophomores back there too. So uh, he'll be one of the more experienced guys in that unit, right? Probably the most experienced yeah. guy. And and uh, and I really, I do think there's a value to, and this is something that's new, right, with the transfer portal. But adding fifth year guys out of the transfer portal right now, what you're able to do for the next couple of years, there's a real value to your locker room. But what maturity to our team having those five guys? Um, from his standpoint, he he's been through two other systems, two other programs. I would say and I've never asked him this, but he's probably had underwhelming experiences in both situations. Yeah. And he and uh, he and I laugh because when I was working at Providence College, I went out to watch him. He wouldn't even talk to me. <laughs> and the second time I was going out to watch him, I texted him to tell, let him know I was going to be in town. He texted me back that he wasn't in the lineup that night. So, which I texted him back and thanked him. He just reminded me of the story. I thanked him because then I didn't go to Wenatchee. I went to a different game. Uh, but he, um, you know, I just, I think there's a lot there. And he's got, I, I really like his approach. And I, I think that it's a mature approach. It's a hard approach. He skates a lot during the day. Uh, I think that will rub off the younger guys on our team. And that will be a real positive of his addition as well. Then the last addition on the back end is Zach Bookman, who, I mean, if anyone looks up the numbers, broke about every record there was to be broken <laughs> last year. And the Alberta League is a defenseman. A lot of those records were owned by Kel McCarr, ironically enough. Uh, played on the same team as Kel McCarr, too. Yeah. But uh, he seems like a guy, like when I kind of look at his path, I remember when he committed three years ago, whatever it was, uh, nobody at the time that covers recruiting or anything like that was like, wow, Merrimack just got themselves, you know, a really good defense. But it was like, oh, well, you know, he's got potential there. We'll see. Uh, and it, for whatever reason, I mean, they said this happens a lot, right? Everybody kind of develops at a different pace, and some guys it hits later. He seems like a guy that had really good prep career, and then all of a sudden it hit junior hockey. And even though he had missed that first year a little bit with COVID and they kind of got shut down, he hit junior hockey and took a huge step. Um what have you seen from him? And, and has that kind of been the path with him? Is he just kind of that prototypical late bloomer that it hits a little bit later, but boy, when it hits, watch out? You know what? It's funny because he, as a youth player, was highly thought of. This is before he got on the radar for colleges. Um, then went through that lull you talked about, and he ended up at Millbrook. How many elite defensemen are going to Millbrook? You know, So he went to Millbrook. Uh, he was good. Uh, he committed to us that same year that he arrived mm-hmm. at Millbrook. Uh, he was a good player, not the player he's become. Um, and I just think Bookie took the right patient path. Like he went to Brooks, 
And he was successful that COVID year. They didn't play a lot of games, maybe 20 games. He was one of their best defensemen, though. He easily could have made the argument that coming to school was for him. Um, you know, he was ready to go. He chose not to. We met about it that summer. He chose not to come to school, um, largely because of what was in front of him, uh, you know, with our defense. Um, and went back there and obviously tore it up. Almost outgrew the league. And yeah. it's it's a guy making a lot of good decisions, you know. Someone in his shoes goes to the USHL. And next thing you know, you're the fifth defenseman on a team. You don't get the opportunities you get in Brooks because you're, you know, in the top three right away. You know, a guy like that maybe tries to, you know, rush his way through high school. Doesn't go to a place like Millbrook. Doesn't get the chance to be at Millbrook to, as a senior when you can really start being a player, gain confidence away from the rank, on the rank. I just think he's taken a really good path. I credit him with that. I credit his family with that. Um, and the results are... The results are just so obvious, you know. It's um, I'd I would suggest that he will make the impact here that um, someone like Stefan DeCosta made here. You know, he and I don't know, like, and I hope I just didn't put a lot of pressure on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's different. He's just different. Um, you know, Zach Ewens and Declan Carlisle were unbelievable players here. That's why they got the NHL contracts. Bookie is just different. You know, my, my, uh, his ability, his hips on the offensive blue line, his vision in the offensive zone. It, and our players have started to learn that, you know, if you're in the backside, even though you don't think you're going to get the puck, you better be ready for the puck because <laughs> he might get it to you. You know, he and Alex Jeffries are two of the guys that do that for us. A little easier forward to forward because whenever you're on the attack, you're, you're hoping to get the puck. Yeah, yeah. But when it's coming from the blue line to the back pipe and you got four guys in, in between you, by the time you stick, it's a little bit harder. Um, but he does that. And so um, I think that there's a chance that, you know, I do know that he's beyond his draft. Uh, crazy no one drafted yeah. him. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't happen. Honestly, he was yeah. interviewed a lot. Um, he physically away from the rink. He looks underdeveloped. Was he was he eligible this past summer? Yes. He was, right? That's what yeah. I figured what it, I figured, how would a team not, you know, take a flyer with a seventh round pick and a kid that just scored ninety points on the as a defenseman? Oh, more than that, <laughs> whatever yeah, it was, one hundred eight. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> and I think they over. I think they honestly, and I, you know, no one said that scouts were the smartest people in the room or coaches, by the way. <laughs> uh, but I think they just overthought it. You know, he was on the best team. Maybe he was on the second best team in Canada. I think Penticton was the best team. Um, but he was certainly on the best team in Alberta yeah. by a country mile. Yeah, yeah. And so they... they yeah, they, they were beating teams like 11-1. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Uh, so he, that probably took a chink out of his, you know, people thinking who he was. When you met him, he looked undersized. He's st still very youthful. He's very early in his development physically. Um, and it's just because he's very early in his development. It's not because he doesn't work at it, because he does. Um, I, I really think that he will make a similar impact you know and when DaCosta came here um he was much different player than Merrimack had recruited in maybe ever yeah but certainly since the heydays in the ECAC uh and that began a pretty a really good run for the program um Bookie has that same difference maker skill set that I think Stefan DaCosta did and I'm really excited to see how he does in college hockey he's a freshman this year his impact you know, who knows um, how much we'll get out of that. By the time he leaves Merrimack, um, people are going to remember what he did for our program. You know, and it's interesting, too, like to have the ability to come in a little bit later. Like you said, he could have came in a year ago, didn't, went back, and 
now he's going to come in and probably make some sort of impact right away, you, you know, uh, as opposed to a guy who came in maybe a little bit too early and is fighting every weekend. Am I in the lineup? Am I not in the lineup? And, and, and maybe you get off on the wrong foot and it can kind of stunt you. Like it's almost kind of that, that lesson of like you, you talked about it, but w- with some players don't rush it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? If you have the opportunity to come in as a, as a 19, 18 year old, great. But if you, think it's better for you to wait till you're 20 and come in then and make an impact like wouldn't you rather play four impactful years than two years where you're kind of slugging along and trying to make it work and then you're making an impact your last two like i don't know as a player i think i'd rather make an impact all four, all four. Yeah. <laughs> well it's funny uh both he and trevor rival we actually asked trevor uh when we lost um the the colby bukes over the COVID yeah. uh, stuff asked Trevor to come in. We thought Trevor was the most ready of all of our committed guys because he'd played three years junior at that point. Michael Brown had played one. Bookie had played a stunted one. Um, and interestingly enough, Trevor just felt that it wasn't, he just wasn't ready to compete in college. And a really mature decision. Yeah. And, and that's why Brownie came in a year early. And it really worked out well because as we saw last year, Brownie was ready. Um, but the other thing about Brownie was he was, he had relatives go to school here so he knew Merrimack. So his adjustment to Merrimack, which he had to make in two weeks, uh, <laughs> he was able to do relatively seamlessly where it would have been harder for someone from not connected to yeah, Merrimack. Yeah. So uh, it worked out very well for everybody involved. Uh, well, I know you get got an exhibition game coming up in well, a couple of weeks. Like, it's crazy. It's sneaking up on me. But uh, And then the first trip of the year is going to be up at Clarkson and St. Lawrence. What are kind of, I mean, what have you guys talked about as far as expectations? I mean, I know it's early in the year. I don't even know if, if, if you've looked too far ahead. But, I mean, have there been talks in the group about what kind of the expectations are for the year? And, and not that you want to look back, but how do you build on last year? No, I think in our situation, we won't look back to last year unless it's about, hey, we lost our last game. Um, and my thing over the summer was, you know, how did we play that game? We had played so well for, you know, uh, both – two and a half months at that point. Uh, we bounced back from the debacle that was Northeastern that last weekend, uh, especially the last game, and, and you know beat Maine fairly well. Uh, I just was surprised at how we played against Lowell. And watching the game, um, I, I think that what was evident, I don't think our team was ready, not from a preparation standpoint, but from a mentality standpoint. Hey, we'd already beaten that team twice. Yeah. But they played like men in that game, and we played like boys. And I think this year that will be different. I think this team, just coming off of last year, uh, isn't as giddy. It's more confident, um, hungrier. And everybody's hungry, but just hungrier with a belief that, okay, been there, done that. Uh, let's go do this again, and let's go further. Uh, it helps that uh, for the first time since I've been here, you can go into the season really seeking goaltending as a strength. Uh, we have two goalies I really believe in. I think everybody in the team believes in, uh, backed up by uh, obviously by Steven. So with that, you know the three players we lost in the back end, including uh, obviously mostly Declan and, and Yui, um, took huge minutes that we lost. But I I think our forward group is better than it was last year. Uh, even with some of the changes that had to happen. And now if uh, we can build off the last season, I think it could be a lot of fun. Is this the deepest team you think you've had since you've been here? Just overall depth? It's the deepest team minus two players. Those two that we just yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, the thing that I saw, and it's funny, I called Declan in the middle of the winter, uh, middle of the summer, because I watched a ton of films. I did our playbook um, 
video-wise versus hard copy. And I watched every game, and I was like, wow, Declan was really, really good. Like, it's unbelievable that it took only one team off him an NHL contract. Really? But he was ready. Like, I'm watching the video, and I'm thinking, really? only one. Wow, that's only crazy. Tampa Bay. That's crazy. And I wish they offered an American League because he would have come back. Yeah. Um, but he was ready. And same thing with Yui. You know, they, they just played. They just did a lot, a lot for our team. That Yui's was probably more understated because his a lot of his impact on our team was behind the red line, and obviously Declan's um, was overstated because his was on the other side of the red line. But uh, if if we can step up with Adam Arvidsson and Ivan Ziflak and obviously the freshman and Slava. That would be very good. You know, that would give us a chance, I think, to go beyond what we did a year ago. All right. Well, thanks for the time today. We'll do this again. We'll, we'll make this a regular thing again. I think I it think used to be pre, pre-vid. It, it did. And we could do it again. We're, we're, it's official. So we'll do, we'll do it again soon. Okay. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it.